We're going to be reading the from the AA Big Book, page 301. I'm Fernando. I'm an alcoholic. And I have Alex with us. He's also in the program. Uh, you go by Alex or Ernest? Either or. A.K.A. What do they call you at work? Alex. 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 It just it just came out to, out of me so naturally, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> that might be it. Okay, from page three hundred one. Would you please uh, go ahead and get us started? Physician, heal thyself. Psychiatrist and surgeon. He had lost his way until he realized that God, not he, was a great healer. I am a physician licensed to practice in Western in a Western state. I am also an alcoholic. In two ways, I may be a little different from other alcoholics. First, we all hear that AA meetings about those who have lost everything, those who have been in jail, those who have been in prison, those who have lost their families, those who have lost their income. I never lost any of it. I never was on Skid Row. I made more money in the last year of my drinking than I made in my whole life. My wife never hinted that she would leave me. Everything that I touched from grammar school on was successful. I was president of my grammar school student body. I was president of all my classes in high school. And in my last year, I was president of that student body. I was president of each class in the university and president of that student body. I was voted the man most likely to succeed. The same thing occurred in medical school. I belong to more medical societies and honor societies than men. Than men, 10 to 20 years my senior. Mine was a skid row of success. The physical skid row in any city is miserable. The skid row of success is just as miserable. The second way in which perhaps I differ from some other alcoholics is this. Many alcoholics state that they don't particularly like the taste of alcohol, but they like the effect. I loved alcohol. I used to like to get it on my fingers so I could lick them and get another taste. I had a lot of fun drinking. I enjoyed it immensely. And then one ill-defined day, one day that I can't recall, I stepped across the line that alcoholics know so well. And from that day on, drinking was miserable. When a few drinks made me feel good before, I went over that line. Those same drinks now made me wretched. In an attempt to get over that feeling, there was a quick onslaught of greater number of drinks. And then all was lost. Alcohol failed to serve the purpose. Pass. On the last day I was drinking, I went up to see a friend who had had a good deal of trouble with alcohol and whose wife had left him a number of times. He had come back, however, and he was on this program. In my stupid way, I went up to see him with the idea in the back of my mind that I would investigate alcoholic anonymous from a medical standpoint. Deep in my heart was the feeling that maybe I could get some help here. 
This friend gave me a pamphlet, and I took it home and had my wife read it to me. There were two sentences in it that struck me. One said, don't feel that you are a martyr because you stopped drinking. And this hit me between the eyes. The second one said, don't feel that you stopped drinking for anyone other than yourself. And this hit me between the eyes. After my wife had read this to me, I said to her, as I had said many times in desperation, I have to do, I have got to do something. She's a good natured soul and said, I wouldn't worry about it. Probably something will happen. And then we went up to the side of the hill where we have a little barbecue area to make the fire for the barbecue. And on the way up, I thought to myself, I'll go back down to the kitchen and refill this drink. And just then something did happen. The thought came to me, this is the last one. I was well into the second fifth by this time. And as that thought came to me, it was as though someone had reached down and taken a heavy overcoat off my shoulders, for that was the last one. About two days later, I was called by a friend of mine from Nevada City. He's a brother of my wife's closest friend. He said, Earl, and I said, yes. He said, I am an alcoholic. What do I do? And I gave him some ideas of what you do. And so I made my first 12-step call before I ever came into the program. The satisfaction I got from giving him a little of what I had read in these pamphlets far surpassed any feeling that I had ever had before in helping patients. So I decided that I will go to my first meeting. I was introduced as a psychiatrist. I belong to the American Psychiatrist Society, but I don't practice psychiatry as such. I am a surgeon. Pass. As someone in AA said to me once upon a time, there is nothing worse than a confused psychiatrist. I will never forget the first meeting that I attended. There were five people present, including me. At, at one end of the table sat our community butcher. At the other end, at the other side, side of the table sat one of the carpenters in the community, in our community. And at the farther end of the table sat the man who ran the bakery. While on one side sat my friend who was a mechanic. I recall as I walked into that meeting saying to myself, here I am, a fellow of the American College of Surgeons, a fellow of the International College of Surgeons, a diplomat of one of the great specialty boards in these United States a member of the American Psychiatric Society, and I have to go to the butcher, the baker, and the carpenter to help make a man out of me. Something else happened to me. This was such a new thought that I got all sorts of books on higher powers, and I put a Bible by my bedside, and I put a Bible in my car. It is still there. And I put a Bible in my locker at the hospital. And I put a Bible in my desk. And I put a big book by my nightstand. And I put a 12 steps and 12 traditions in my locker at the hospital. And I got books by Emmett Fox 
and I got books by God knows who. And I got to reading all these things. All, and the first thing you know, I was lifted right out of the AA group. And I floated higher and higher and even higher until I was way up on a pink cloud, which is known as pink seven. And I felt miserable again. So I thought to myself, I might just as well be drunk as I feel like this. I went to Clark, the community butcher, and I said, Clark, what is the matter with me? I don't feel right. I have been on this program for three months and I feel terrible. And he said, Earl, why don't you come on over and let me talk to you for a minute? So he got me a cup of coffee and a piece of cake and sat me down and said, why? There's nothing wrong with you. You've been sober for three months, been working hard. You've been doing all right. But then he said, let me say something to you. We have here in this community an organization that helps people. And this organization is known as Alcoholics Anonymous. Why don't you join it? I said, what do you think I've been doing? Well, he said, you've been sober, but you've been floating way up on a cloud somewhere. Why don't you go home, get the big book, and open it to page 58 and see what it says? So I did. I got a big book. I read it. This is what it said. Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. The word thoroughly rang a bell. And then it went on to say, half measures availed us nothing. We stood at the turning point. And the last sentence was, we ask his protection and care with complete abandon. Complete abandon, half measures availed us nothing. Thoroughly followed our path, completely give themselves to this simple program rang in my swelled head. Years earlier, I had gone into psychoanalysis to get relief. I spent five and a half years in psychoanalysis and proceeded to become a drunk. I don't mean that in any sense of sense as a derogatory statement about psychotherapy. It's a great tool, not too potent but a great tool. I would do it again. I tried every gimmick that there was to get some peace of mind, but it was not until I was brought to my alcoholic knees when I was brought to a group in my own community with the butcher, the baker, the carpenter, and the mechanic who were able to give me the 12 steps that I was finally given some semi-bounds of an answer to the last half of the first step. So after taking first half of the first step and very gingerly admitting to myself to Alcoholics Anonymous, something happened. And then I thought to myself, imagine an alcoholic admitting anything, but I made my admission just the same. Pass. The third step said made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Now they ask us to make a decision. 
We got to turn the whole business over to some joker we can't even see. And this chokes the alcoholic. Here is powerless, unimaginable, in the grip of something bigger than he is. And he's got to turn the whole business over to someone else. It fills the alcoholic with rage. We are people. We are great people. We can handle anything. And so one gets to thinking to oneself, who is this God? Who is this fellow we are supposed to turn everything over to? What can he do for us that we can do for ourselves? Well, I don't know who he is, but I got some of my own idea. For myself, I have an absolute proof of the existence of God. I was sitting in my office one time after I had operated on a woman. It had been a long four-hour, five-hour operation, a large surgical procedure, and she was on her ninth or tenth post-operative day. She was doing fine. She was up and around. And that day, her husband phoned me and said, Doctor, thanks very much for curing my wife. And I thank him for his felicitations. And he hung up. And then I scratched my head and said to myself, What a fantastic thing for a man to say that I cured his wife. Here I am down in my office behind my desk, and there she is out of the hospital. I'm not even there. And if I was there, the only thing I could do would be to give her moral support. And yet he thanks me for curing his wife. I thought to myself, what is curing that woman? Yes, I put in those stitches. The great boss has given me diagnostic and surgical talent, and he has loaned it to me to use for the rest of my life. It doesn't belong to me. He has loaned it to me, and I did my job. But that ended nine days ago. What healed those tissues that I closed? I didn't. This, to me, is the proof of the existence of something greater than I am. I couldn't practice medicine without the great physician. All I do, in a very simple way, is to help him cure my patients. Shortly after I was starting to work on the program, I realized that I was not a good father. I wasn't a good husband, but oh, I was a good provider. I never robbed my family of anything. I gave them everything except the great thing in the world, and that is peace of mind. So I went to my wife and I asked her if there was something that she and I could do to somehow get together and she turned on her heel and looked me squarely in the eye and said, you don't care anything about my problem. And I could have smacked her. But I said to myself, grab onto your serenity. She left and I sat down and crossed my hands and looked up and said, for God's sake, help me. And then a silly, simple thought came to me. I didn't know anything about being a father. I didn't know how to come home and work weekends like other husbands. I didn't know how to entertain my family. But I remember that every night after dinner, my wife would get up and do the dishes. Well, I could do the dishes. So I went to her and said, there's only one thing I want in my whole life. And I don't want any condemnation. I don't want any credit. I don't want anything from you or Janie for the rest of your life. Except one thing, and that is the opportunity to do anything you want always. 
and I would like to start off by doing the dishes. And now I am doing the darn dishes every night. Pass. Doctors have been notoriously unsuccessful in helping alcoholics. They have contribu contributed fantastic amounts of time and work to our problem. But they aren't able, it seems, to arrest either your alcoholism or mine. And the clergy have tried hard to help us, but we haven't been helped. And the psychiatrist has had thousands of couches and has put you and me on them many, many times. But he hasn't helped us very much. Though he has tried hard, and we owe the clergy and the doctor and the psychiatrist a deep debt of gratitude, but they haven't helped our alcoholism, except in a rare few instances. But Alcoholics Anonymous has helped. What is this power that AA possesses? This curative power? I don't know what it is. I suppose the doctor might say, this is psychosomatic medicine. I suppose the psychiatrist might say, this is benevolent interpersonal relationships. I suppose others would say, this is a group of psychotherapy. To me, it is God. Deanne, beautiful, wonderful words of life. That was a good one. I'm glad you liked it. Uh, you may want to uh, go back to page 306 and underline the third, where it says the third step said, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Okay, uh, let me go get a pen real quick. Okay. Um, <laughs> Which one again? Uh, page 306, where it says the third step said. The third made a decision to turn our world. Yeah, our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. And it sounds like it's in past tense, like we already understand him. So the way we do that is by thanking God for anything good or anything bad that comes your way. Anything that frustrates you. The agony of of the problems, thanking God for them, thanking God for them, even regret. Okay, and then you go to uh, at the middle of page three hundred six. Uh, says for myself, I have an absolute proof of the existence of God. Would you underline that? Got it. And then the next one on 308, say, we're underlined to me, it is God at the end of 308. To me, it is God. Okay. And it's just a, a quick ABC of that procedure. And one more we have on page 305. In the middle of it, where it says complete abandon. Complete abandon. Got it. Half measures. Yeah, so the uh, 
the work that we're doing is we're thanking God for our lives and our situation just the way they are and actually just getting out of the way because uh, he says and letting him fix it whatever come my way and uh, it has a lot of uh, and then the experience you're going to get from that is I know you're already experiencing uh, can you give me an example of something you how much peace has that little tool it's a toolbox and that's what we have you know if your girlfriend leaves you you go to more meetings that's in your toolbox if yes. you get an unexpected letter you know you talk to an alcoholic that's a toolbox or you know in your and you read more stories because it tells you like this one how they they came to realization that they crossed the invisible line like a lot of us you know and uh, they handle the the problem. So anything anything that you can state that's been helpful in thanking God for problem. Everything I've learned in this program, um, like you said, talking to people at the beings about my issues, um, talking to you, um, it has got me thinking uh, because I'm in a place where I didn't think I would ever be. You know, I'm 147 days sober today. Beautiful. You know, that's touching nothing, you know, not smoking nothing, not drinking anything, you know. You know, I'm in a lot better place than I could have been because any other time something like this happens, I probably would have went straight to the drink and just been drunk or whatever else I would get my hands on, you know? Yeah, the same old way we, we, were, we used to deal with things, with rage and more drinking and stuff. But now is... Uh, the, the, is acing the program it's like going to uh, a, a college you're learning learning how the human relationship between man and God and and the problems of the invisible line that creep up on us you know and we have plenty of evidence that we don't want to live in that environment anymore you know there's got to be more to life and it's got to be easier it's called the easier softer way Humbling ourselves to read this book, what we just did, is is the easier self to weigh. Instead of learning hard knocks that'll take us years to turn around, we voluntarily get the books and the education and get it under our belt. And then from there, we move on to better and better things in life, you know. So thank yeah. you so much for coming on here today. I appreciate it. Let's go ahead and close with the uh, Lord's Prayer. If you have anything else to say... I'm good. Okay. Thank you a lot. And thank you so much for uh, needing this program. Makes me, uh, sharpens me too. Thank you. Thank you. So let's pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Keep coming back. It works if you work it. Thank you, Fernando. Thank you, Alex. Until we see you again, huh? Likewise. Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye.